Hello and welcome to My First Time at Yoga, the podcast dedicated to telling the stories of yogis from all walks of life, how they came to yoga, their first experiences with yoga, and how yoga impacts their everyday life. I'm your host, Lisa Simchison, from Yoga with Lisa, the Rebellious Love Project, and of course, this podcast. In this episode of My First Time at Yoga, I had the chance to sit down and chat with Rebecca Baruki, otherwise known as Bex from Bex Life. We chat about yoga, meditation, rage exercise, finding ease in the effort, and results without struggle, um, just to name a few. This conversation is funny and moving and full of really awesome little tidbits and I'm so excited to share it with you. So let's jump right in. Hello and welcome. I'm so excited. I'm here with Rebecca or better known as Bex from Bex Life. Uh, She's the founder of Bex Life and the Bliss in Wellness Movement. She's a mother of five, a TV host, meditation guide, author, speaker, birth doula, fitness instructor, yoga instructor, and popular social media personality. She travels extensively sharing her love for yoga, wellness, and meditation at exclusive workshops, luxury retreats, and public events. Her first book, You Have Four Minutes to Change Your Life, Simple Four-Minute Meditations for Inspiration, Transformation, and True Bliss, was released by Hay House in February 2017. Ooh, and she has a farm full of amazing animals, which is so cool. So welcome, Rebecca. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. So we're going to dive right in, and I want to know, tell me what brought you to yoga? When did you first go to yoga? What inspired you to go to yoga? Well, what brought me to yoga first? Um, I'll, I was been I've been curious about yoga for a very long time. I started my meditation practice when I was just 15 years old, when wow. I shoplifted "Be Here Now" off mm-hmm. of the shelf of a, of a used bookstore, and I so I became you know intrigued with Eastern philosophy and religion and all of the practices that surrounded it. And yoga, of course, being a big one. Um, so I think that I was curious about yoga. I tried it out a couple times with my mom. We took some Tai Chi classes. That isn't yoga, but it was kind of related. And I uh, bought some books, but didn't practice it, I would say, quote unquote, for real until I found a class at my gym, which is how a lot of people come to yoga. They discover it through uh, the, the gym that they're already working out in. And I had been heavy into weight training. I was working through some mental health issues, anxiety and depression as a result of a really crummy 10 year marriage that I was getting out of. And I looked to exercise and fitness to heal myself from that naturally. So I saw people in my gym going into this dark room carrying yoga mats and i thought hey maybe i can try that too it seemed fun i'd like to learn how to balance on my hands and (laughs) stuff like that (laughs) and this is actually documented in a video which i will not let you link but it is like (laughs) oh i'm gonna go on a hunt now (laughs) it's so embarrassing but i tried this yoga class and i thought that it was such bs I was like, I don't understand what I can get out of this. I didn't mm. even break a sweat. What is this supposed to do? Um, it just seemed really silly. And 
truth be told, you know, now that I am a yoga teacher and I've been practicing for quite a while now, it wasn't a good class. So <laughs> there was that. But I thought the whole thing was, it was just very silly because I was into fitness for the sake of changing my body, um, mm. changing, uh, working out rage. So I was in it to change mindset, but it was more like aggression and I, and I needed to work out this anger that was brewing inside of me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see how yoga could help me with that. And I posted that video online. It got the attention of Tara Styles, which mm. a lot of people know now. Mm-hmm. Uh, she is you know, a very famous yoga teacher with her own method, Strala. And she invited me to her New York studio. She liked my videos. She thought they were funny. And she invited me to her New York studio to learn yoga from her. And at that time, um, Tara's classes, sometimes you would go and there would be 60 people in them. And sometimes I would show up and I was the only one. (laughs) So I had had a lot of private yoga sessions with Tara Stiles, which was super cool. (laughs) And, um, And I think it was, well, I know it was through her and her approach her relatability, her making yoga so accessible, um, talking about it in a way that I had never heard before, um, taking out a lot of the, um, taking, honestly taking out a lot of the Eastern philosophy and then the very Western woo factor to it. Um, it appealed to me. So I started, you know, going to classes, her classes frequently, and she opened up her first teacher training and invited me to be a part of it. And I was one of the first Strala guides. I was in that first class with Tara. Awesome. And that's what began my journey. I also got oh. pregnant that summer in yoga oh. teacher training. So with <laughs> yoga's summer? Good of with summer? With summer. With Aww. summer. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. That's awesome. And then, so what was your first experience like in her class then? In one of her classes? But, like was totally hard. different? Yeah. Yeah. It was the first class that I walked into, I walked into late and I was having a panic. So I'm like, oh my, <laughs> like I, I had already idolized her because she had like 7,000 subscribers on YouTube. And I mm-hmm. thought that she was the most famous person, like person on the planet. So, <laughs> so I walked in and I was late and it, the class was packed. And she looked at me from across the room and she's like, hey, here's Bex. She has chickens. Like that was the <laughs> intro. And, um, and I sat down and yeah, her class was really challenging. It was really fun. I love the way she talked. I love the way she explained the poses and the transitions. And it was, um, I got really curious about it. It mm. was like, okay, this is new. This is interesting. And uh, I hardly made it through. It was, yeah, it was hard. It was embarrassingly hard. <laughs> I thought I was so fit. Yeah. Yoga's that different kind of fit, I think, when you like, especially a strong power class. It's a totally different kind of strong. So how did, how did you go from like rage working out, wanting this hard, sweaty yoga practice to becoming a meditation? coach? What was that transition? Meditation has always been a part of my life um, because it it stems from my prayer practice that Mm. I've, you know, had as part of every day since before I can remember since I was a little Mm. girl. Uh, So meditation was very much a part of my, of my, uh, my healing, my 
transition or my, my journey to self-discovery, mm-hmm. but it wasn't something that I felt so comfortable sharing because I didn't think that that's what people wanted. Mm-hmm. I felt that people wanted to lose weight fast and they wanted to look good. And that is still very true. Mm-hmm. Um, and it challenges me in business every single day because I want to share what actually works, but you know, people want what they want. Yes. So um, yoga allowed me to reveal that part of me. It allowed me to reveal my meditation practice in a way that was very organic and natural and didn't feel scary. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also a TV show that came in the middle of everything. Mm -hmm. I got an offer to have my own TV show um, with a network then called Varia Living. Now it's Z Living. And basically the offer was, hey, we have a new uh, morning show. And, you know, I, I did screen test for it accidentally. And that's like a whole other story. But <laughs> um, it's this new morning show. And it's about yoga and meditation. You can teach yoga and meditation, right? And I was like, I taught yoga. I did meditate. I wasn't teaching at the time. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, sure I can. Like, why not? Nice. That, that kind of threw me into this space of um, having to be a meditation teacher Mm. And I thought in preparation for that, it would be smart for me to start making YouTube videos about meditation and people like them. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Yeah, they do. They're fantastic. Why wouldn't they like them? And I'll link to all of your social media, your YouTube and everything so people can check out all of your awesome YouTube videos. Well, that's, that's so great. So how would you say that yoga has impacted your life? In the way that yoga changed the way that I look at how I treat my body and how I treat my fitness and wellness, it has also impacted my entire life. I was from the mindset that in order to get anything good, you had to work very, very hard, Mm -hmm. almost punishingly hard. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't just working out. I was engaging in self-abuse. I was working to the point where I couldn't walk the next day. And people make jokes about it, you know, like you can't sit on the toilet after leg day, but that actually never felt good. It felt like Mm -hmm. I was in constant pain. I was always trying to achieve this, this physical look um, which I did. I mean, I had a really perfect body by those standards. Mm-hmm. And it felt like something, though, that I was constantly chasing and working to maintain, which felt <sighs> exhausting, frustrating, maddening, saddening, mm-hmm. <laughs> like all those things. Yeah. Um, yoga was this practice and specifically, you know, Tara's teaching and the way that she teaches ease. Um, Mm. It taught me to find ease in the effort and then to find results without struggle, which was a really beautiful thing. Yeah. So when I started to apply that to all areas of my life, like what if money didn't have to be hard to make? What Mm. if relationships didn't and love didn't have to be hard to maintain? You know, people say things like marriage is meant to be hard. It's meant to be work. And I'm like, I don't want to be married then. That sounds (laughs) terrible. What if we could approach everything in our lives with ease, but with effort and commitment and consistency and get equal or better results than working Mm. hard? Yeah, brilliant. So that's what yoga taught me. Um, Nice. That's what Tara taught me. 
And uh, that's what I maintain in my own lessons to other people today. Like, what if the struggle doesn't have to be real? Yeah, that's awesome. So such a, such a beautiful way to look at it, because I think we do. I'm from the same camp as you. Um, I didn't work out for rage, but I worked out to achieve some um, idealized, perfect, quote unquote, body. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and it was always effort. And it was not always just effort, but it was struggle, always struggle. Like I was always going uphill through the snow, you know, with sleet and rain pouring down on me, always uphill. And that idea of ease is just so beautiful because you can still have the effort, but without all that struggle, which is really amazing. Absolutely. And I used to say like, really ridiculous things um or repeat really ridiculous things like nothing tastes as good as thin feels oh, oh i said that, that too. i know right but now i'm like there are so many things that taste way better <laughs> than being thin like and what does thin even taste like thin tasted like nothing to me because there was times where i would choose to not eat anything because right. i didn't want to wreck my my diet or whatever. So, oh yeah, there's way more beautiful, juicy, delicious things to eat in the world than, and And to experience. Exactly. And I, and I've been there. I've been, I've been thin my whole life. I've never, I've never struggled with weight. You know, I've had five children. I always went down to kind of like a pre-pregnancy weight. Now is probably the heaviest I've been ever in my life. So if you looked at my first YouTube videos, I was about 140 five, like dipping between 140 and 145. And now I'm close to 170 pounds Hmm. and I'm happier. Um, my husband likes me just as much. Yes. (laughs) So that's important. Um, I feel really good moving around in my body. I feel, um, really good when I go out to eat and I don't have to worry about things. Like I still, I'm very mindful of the way that I eat. I always try to treat myself well, but the other night we were sharing before we started recording, I ate you know, a whole thing of cookies with my two little girls because my husband was away and I didn't feel like eating dinner. So it was like cookies for dinner. Mm -hmm. And I don't have to feel guilty about that the next day. I don't have to feel shame. I don't have to feel like I'm ruining something. Yes. Because my body was awesome yesterday before the cookies and it's awesome today after. Um, And I think in that loving myself, it has the whole eating thing and like figuring out what to eat and how to eat has taken care of itself because mm-hmm. I'm constantly eating in a way that says, I love you. I'm constantly moving in a way that says, I love you. So I yeah. work out when I want to, and I rest when I don't. You know, I eat when I'm hungry, and well, I eat when I'm not hungry, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I eat um, in a way that serves me. So. so would you say that your meditation practice has helped come to that place where you can like where you have that freedom and you just are like, I love my body. I love my life. And I mean, of course we all have moments where we're like, ah, but do you think your meditation and your yoga practice has been a big component in that? My meditation has, my meditation practice has taught me to love myself without, without wavering at all. The love never changes. I'm, I'm constantly in love with myself. I never want to be anybody else. I never want to look like anybody else. The like part can change. Mm-hmm. So love is constant because love is real and love is unchanging. Like 
ebbs and flows. Mm -hmm. So there are days when I don't like my butt or I don't like my personality or, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't like that I was like rude to someone and I have to apologize. But the love, I come back to that place where, you know, I'm, I have choices. I have, uh, I have a divine purpose. I have the ability to be loved, to learn and to get better. I have all of those things. So that allows me to love myself constantly. Um, Meditation for me is a practice of checking in, of getting quiet and taking time with myself to connect with myself every single day. And when I connect with myself, I connect with all that is because I don't believe in the illusion of duality. I believe that everything is one. I am you, you are me, we're the, the plants, we're the animals. So when I'm reminded of that on a daily basis, even for just a few minutes, because my meditation method is checking in for a very short amount of times throughout the day, when I'm reminded of that, it allows me to stay in that constant space of love mm-hmm. and constant space of purpose. So I don't, I don't fall into those downward spirals of self-hatred or any of those nonsense things or comparison. Amazing. So great. I think more people could use that kind of meditation in their life that they, that they can keep coming back and checking in. So beautiful. Um, So you had mentioned that balance of, um, you know, people wanting to use yoga and meditation, I'm sure to lose weight, right. To get that body and that balance of trying to find like, how to incorporate it into your life and like into other people's lives, how to teach other people the benefits of it while kind of not only focusing on that aspect. So how do you navigate that? How do I navigate the time or how do I? (laughs) Like how do you navigate, I guess, teaching people, bringing, bringing people to yoga, to meditation without that, necessarily the focus on, you know, get a yoga body kind of thing? Um, I don't necessarily do that. Uh, I meet people where they are. So if someone says, I want to lose weight and I want you to teach me how to do it, then I'm going to teach them how to do it. And, but the, but part of that teaching is this, there are non-negotiables. It's, you have to move, you have to eat real food and you have to take care of yourself. You have to love yourself. If even one of those things is missing, you are not, we're not talking about health anymore. We're talking about something very different. And then it's a matter of maybe we're not meant to work together. Maybe Mm. I'm not the person for you. And I think that that intrigues them even more because they're like, wait, when you tell someone that they have to do something or else they're never going to get the thing, it's, it's very compelling. Luckily Mm. I'm selling something that's real and that's something that's, you know, it's not diet pills. Yeah. my friend, Mike Perrine, who is my personal nutritional guru, and we've made probably over 70 videos together. Mm-hmm. He's a genius when it comes to nutrition. Um, he has a brand called Everyday Detox. He said something really powerful in a video, and it stuck with me forever, and I repeat it all the time. Self-care is a non-negotiable for mm. happy people, happy, successful people. Yes. It's a non-negotiable. Yes. So I don't, I don't mince words. I don't do the workaround. So if someone comes to me and says, I want to lose weight, I'll say, okay, let's do that. Here's how. But self-care, self-love is a non-negotiable part of it. Um, and I lead by example. That's the mm-hmm. biggest part. 
Mm-hmm. My favorite quote of all time, which has guided me through parenting, through business, through how I show up in the world, is my father did not teach me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. And Aww. that is my goal every single day to just show up in the world and say, hey, I don't know if this is necessarily going to work for you. I actually don't give a shit if you meditate or not. You can do whatever it takes to connect with yourself, mm-hmm. but this is what's worked for me. And Perfect. you can try it. And if you like it, awesome. If you don't, leave it alone. Um, but I do a lot less teaching and a lot more showing. Mm. So Awesome. Anyways, tell me what you're doing in the world. A little bit about your family, all the good stuff. So, oh, my family. There's so many of them. The big <laughs> one's off to her second year of college, mm. sophomore year, which is really exciting. Studying biochemistry and genetics. Amazing. I I, it is amazing. It's I was amazing. a teen mom. <laughs> I was a teen mother. I had her when I was her age. And now she's like in college doing amazing things in the world. So very, very cool. Um, my boys are doing great. I have two teenage boys. They're 17 and 14. And the little girls are at home and they are just the light of my world. They teach me so much. And I'll tell you the big difference between the little girls and the older kids is that when, you know, when I had the older ones, I was very young and I was very much in this space of wanting to be the perfect mother because I was a high school dropout and I was a teen mom and I had so much to prove to the world about what I wasn't that I wanted to be perfect in every single way. So I missed a lot of that that uh, allowing, allowing them to just grow up and be who they were. Thankfully, mm-hmm. they have. Yes. It was with a lot of resistance. But the little ones where I just allowed myself to sit back and, and really see who they would become. And best piece of advice I ever gave or was ever given, and I give it out all the time, when I wanted to find out the sex of baby number four, Summer, my midwife told me, because um, we really didn't do sonograms um, with uh, the midwife, the the home birth midwifery practice. Um, she said, you can find out what you're going to get, but you'll never know who you're going to get. And it was so on point with Summer, Mm -hmm. who is like this crazy, funny little girl who is, has this very quiet fierceness about her, who Mm -hmm. loves Ninja Turtles and cut her hair short very recently and just like shows up in the world with such a light and such inspiration. And so so who she wants to be, which is, it's such a testament to you and your husband too, right? Being able to let them flourish in the way that they want to and let them explore. Like maybe in two years, she'll have really long hair and she'll wear all kinds of dresses. Like, but it won't matter because she's like been allowed to explore this path of, who she wants to be, which is so amazing. She's so cool. She wanted to cut her hair short and I was worried. So she actually wanted it for a couple years and Mm -hmm. she, um, and she kept asking for this, you know, she kept calling, I want a boy's haircut. I want a boy's haircut. And I was like, all right, well, here's the deal. People might tease you. They might say that you look like a boy. And, um, so what are you going to do? And she's like, Oh, that's all right. I'll just tell them I'm summer. Mm, Nice. Oh my gosh, I want to cry. So she's, she's so awesome. Um, Annie is just very loud and, and she has a very aggressive fierceness and she's the best. She's, I mean, I don't like to say she's my favorite, but she's one of them um, <laughs> because she's just so out there and who I want to be in the world. Mm. So those are the kids. Um, my husband's amazing. Everything's awesome with him. Business wise, I, I went through this crisis of spirit where I could not take the online 
wellness world anymore. The, the very, very elite and exclusive New York, oh. LA wellness circles. It was killing me. And I hear you so much. Oh. I know you posted that on Facebook the other day and I was like in my head writing this massive response in agreement. And then I was like, no, I just can't even put all my thoughts into words, but, and I'm not yeah. even in New York, I'm in Canada, but it's the same. Like we see yeah, it online, rough. we see it everywhere. And it's, it's, it's so exclusive. And, and I had to take a long, hard look at myself, especially what's going on in, in, you know, the world and mm -hmm. in, uh, social politics. Um, it's like, who am I as a biracial woman? How am I showing up in the world? Who am I appealing to? Who am I selling to? And I realized that, you know, even though my mission has always been to serve everyone, and I think I've done a really good, a good job of being inclusive and really reaching people who feel, um, underserved. I could do more. Mm. And um, so I went through this kind of crisis of spirit of who am I? How do I want to make money? Who do I want to take money from? And um, I went to Israel, and uh, which was an epic journey. Mm -hmm. I met some really amazing people who are doing some really cool things in the world. I came home. I closed down a very large Facebook page of mine. I opened up another one. I changed some business relationships. And I opened up my home to a studio called the Bliss Inn, where I'm having live workshops with people of all, from all kinds of different healing modalities for people in New Jersey so <laughs> and all over. And not in, because people are like, come to New York and teach. I'm like, I've done that. And by the way, there's a million teachers in New York and there's, everyone has access. Like it's, yeah. it's you know, I don't, those people are served. Um, so I've been having these little workshops in my house and it's changing my life. Like amazing. They so look amazing. And if I was not on the complete opposite side of the continent, <laughs> I would be there every single time because they look amazing, but that's so great. And your book and oh, are you yeah, doing that. a tour with your book? <laughs> the book. Um, I have no plans for a tour right now for mm. the book. Um, because I've really loved devoting my time to staying home with the kids and mm -hmm. to creating this space in my home, this lady church in my home. So I've been doing lady that. Lady church. Okay. Yeah. That is amazing. <laughs> That's I'm not mine. My girlfriend, Megan Watterson, who everyone needs to, to uh, look up. She is a theologian and she is a mm. graduate of the Harvard Divinity School. And oh. she teaches from the gospel of Mary Magdalene and she's brilliant. And she mentioned one time kind of like this idea of a lady church. And I'm like, I want to do that too. That's amazing. I want to build a lady church. So yes, yeah, so I have this like little lady church and I want to be with it. And um, I'm maybe thinking about writing another book. I'm not a writer. I'm a teacher, but I'm willing to put some stuff down on paper again. Amazing. See what happens. <laughs> Amazing. Oh, there's so many good things. So many good little nuggets. Thank you so much for sharing everything. Oh, yeah. It's fun. It's fun to share. It's why we're here, right? Yes, exactly. Well, that's it for this episode of My First Time at Yoga. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much to Rebecca Baruki for joining me for this amazing conversation. I hope you all loved it as much as I did. To find out more about Rebecca Baruki Beck's Life, you can head to www.beckslife.com. You can also find her on Instagram and Facebook at Beck's Life. 
you have any questions or you know someone who might like to be on the podcast, maybe you would like to be on the podcast, you can send me an email at myfirsttimeatyoga at gmail.com. Until next week, guys, have a great rest of your day. Bye.